Psalms 46, God's word says this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in time of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. In this world today, we face things that we never thought we would ever face. The earthquake or the earth is quaking. The mountains beneath our feet are crumbling into the sea. But the psalmist says, let, them, let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and fall into the waters. And then it says, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very brink of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you. And God, we honor the men and women that have sacrificed their lives for our freedom today. But God, as the world you know, is still in turmoil today, you know, God, we stand in your house. In the house of refuge that is given to us by you, the one and only God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, today we stand in that fortress with the river of joy flowing in and out of our hearts and our lives. God, we thank you for this day and we honor you with all of our words and all of our deeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us remain standing for our praise and worship. Part of our 
We're going to start with bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again, whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. opportunity the altar is open you know who you're interceding for they need you to fight this battle for them so if you need to come down front you do it as fast as you can they need you Go before. 
Father, we do thank you and we come to you right now. God, we kneel before you and we humble ourselves. God, as we lift up the names, dear Lord, of the ones that, that we know that are lost, that we intercede for. God, I pray that your spirit, dear Lord, right now would go and, and just wrap, the, wrap around them and protect them and, and draw them to you right now, dear Lord. 
God, I pray that you'll continue to be with us in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. I need to have the ladies, if I can have the ladies to come and to gather around. We have uh, Diane and uh, Judy is here, and they both want to be anointed. So if I can have them to have y'all to gather around them. I'm going to announce, anoint Judy for Betty and Marvin Driggers. Marvin's had a couple of strokes, and Betty had surgery, and she's not able to be in the hospital to be with, uh, with Marvin. So let's remember them in your prayers. Marvin is doing uh, you know, good. He is responding, uh, but we still uh, you know, ask that God would physically touch him. Okay, so we're going to pray for those two. Dear Heavenly Father, as I anoint Judy, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. Uh, you know, God, right now, I pray, God, that you would be right there in the hospital room with Marvin. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would strengthen him. Uh, you know, God, you are the mighty physician. God, you're the one that created us. And God, we know that you can put those things back together, dear Lord, that you could be with with Marty and that you could reroute uh, you know, the things in his brain. And, and God, we ask that you would touch him physically, but God, we ask that you would be with his soul. And God, that you would encourage him today. God, we pray, dear Lord, that you would be with his wife, dear Lord Betty, as she has just went through the surgery. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that she would be able to have courage from you. And God, that you would give her the peace that passes all understanding, dear Lord. As she is not able to be there in the hospital with her husband, uh, you know, God, I pray that you would strengthen her. And God, right now we go and we anoint Diane. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with Diane, dear Lord. She's having trouble breathing right now this morning. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would calm her down. And God, that the anxiety of the things from this past week, dear Lord, that uh, that they would flay, you know, feed, flee, or they would fade away in her heart and her life. God, I pray, dear Lord, in these moments, God, that the anxiety would be gone. And God, that you would relax her. And God, that she would begin to breathe, dear Lord, in the way that she needs to breathe. To take a deep breath in you. God, she is your child. And God, we know that. And God, I pray, dear Lord, again, for that physical touch upon her right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And as they're making their way to their seat, if I could have the ushers to go ahead and make their way forward. David, can you lead us in prayer?
Just do a small acknowledgement of where we are. Noel hates to be up here almost as much as I do. Um, so we are going to celebrate Noel's high school graduation today, Friday night. So first we're going to do a video that put together for me. The days come easy and the moments pass slow And each road leads you where you want to go And if you're faced with a choice and you have to choose I hope you choose the one that means the most And if one door opens to another door closed I hope you keep on walking till you find the window If it's cold outside Show the world the warmth of your smile But more than So any of you that know Noelle knows she doesn't like to be the center of attention ever. 
that's okay. But it's for when you have to leave. So, of course, she graduated from York Comprehensive High School on Friday morning. I guess it was not Friday night. You see all this beautiful bling she has hanging on her. Um, she has all of these cords. So the pink cord. So anyway, the pink cord is for collegiate honor. The green cord is for early college. The gold and light blue is Mu Alpha Theta, which is the Math Honor Society. The blue and gold is the National English Honor Society. The red, white, and blue is the National French Honor Society. And the white stole is the National Honor Society. So, her, so out of a 4.0, she had a 3.93 something or other. So that's pretty awesome. She deserves another round of applause for that. So Noelle is going to go to the College of Charleston. She's still trying to decide what her major is going to be. She's got some things in mind, but she hasn't quite decided, right? <laughs> she's got a few things she wants to do. And of course, now everybody that's gone to college knows no matter what you say to begin with, it changes. So it's okay to go through a few classes and figure out what you want to do. Um, the only thing Mark and I wanted to say about Noelle was, Mark and I have been here 15 years now, which seems like a lifetime. Um, and we've sat next to Noelle forever on the third pew with Jean and Beth. And it took her about 10 years to be able to speak to us. <laughs> Even though she sat next to me, she still wouldn't talk to us, but that's okay. But she'll now give me a hug. I'm so blessed that she now loves me enough that she'll hug me. Um, but anyway, we're very proud of you and just so excited for your new adventures. I know we need to pray for her mom and dad, her dad mostly, because when she moves, um, he's going to struggle a lot. So just keep them in your prayers. Um, and so we just wanted to give this to her. It's a Bible with her name engraved on the front. So, um, so we want you to keep that next to your bedside and definitely read that as you do daily. Um, and I would say, do you want to say anything? But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. It has been a, a privilege to watch Noel grow up uh, amongst us. And uh, I would like to say thank you for uh, Marcus and Renee and for the time that they have put into the youth group. Uh, this was their last official uh, thing to, uh, to be involved or to do with our youth group. Uh, they have stepped down uh, from uh, leading the youth group. So Thank you, Marcus and Renee, for all those years that y'all put in. So, Thank you. Thank you. There was a lot more people uh, that was involved in that ramp than just the five that was there yesterday that, uh, you know, that put it together. Uh, there were people, uh, you know, collecting items and, of course, uh, you know, money to be able to pay for it. So we do appreciate all of that work. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to do my best to, uh, to get through with this, um, with the message today. I, I've almost started crying twice, uh, you know, once in the first video, uh, you know, and then once uh, with Noel. I believe that God really has something for us today. 
I have done things in the last couple of weeks that I thought I'd never, ever do. One was building a ramp. Uh, you know, two, the second one was is that I finished my uh, classes and stuff to become a, uh, a counselor. Uh, you know, so, you know, you know, God forgive the people that uh, actually come and sit down in my office and, and talk to me. Um, I will try my best to give you godly advice. Um, but um, today we're, we're still in uh, John chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at verses uh, you know, we're still verses 1 through 17, so I'm going to read all of those to you, but I want to do something a little different, so I'm going to read it to you in the message or from the message, uh, just to kind of give us a little change up. Uh, so it begins here in verse 1, it says, I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that does not bear grapes and every branch that is grape bearing he prunes back so that they bear even more you are already pruned back by the message i have spoken live in me make your home in me just as i do in you in the same way that a branch cannot bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined in me, or with me, and I with you, the, relevation, the relation intimate and organic is organic. The harvest is sure and abundant. Spread, separate, you cannot, separate, you cannot produce and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourself at home in me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be, will be listened, listened and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when your nature is my disciple. And I'll pause there from that, and we're going to talk about this. Um, so, whenever we think about this grapevine, and we look at being grafted or being brought into the house of God. Remember last week we talked about the importance that, that Jesus is the true vine. And the way that we get the true vine is that we have to go back into Genesis and we have to look in the first of Genesis where it says that there's absolutely nothing that was, not, that was created that was not created through Jesus Christ. Okay, so Jesus Christ is the vine that spreads out and that creates and that has created and it actually feeds and gives nourishment to everything else. There is nothing alive today that is not alive because of Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's how Jesus makes the claim that he is the true vine. Now, whenever we get into this and we look as far as us, we're not the true vine. We're not part of the true vine. We are Gentiles, we're lost, but also last week we also learned that even the Israelites had to be grafted into the true vine, right? Because they were not the true vine, they were a supplement for Jesus that was growing and they were supposed to be producing what God needed for them to produce. And we go back to the covenant that God had with Abraham and he said that I will be your God Okay, and I will provide for you and I'll protect you, but you have to follow my commands, right? And they were not following his commands. They were making more commands. And then he says in another parable that he went to the branch or to the, to the vine to get grapes off of it, and he got sour grapes. So in other words, he got grapes that he wasn't supposed to be getting off of the vine. Now, if we are a horticulture... Do we have any of those in the house? Okay, all right. So I'll be your holder culture for you today. 
because whenever we look at grafting a branch or grafting into a vine, as in what you and I and the Israelites, what everybody would have been done, is we believe in Jesus Christ, we would be grafted into the vine. Okay, It's interesting for me whenever I do this study and I think about this, if we are grafted into a vine, let's say that you have a vineyard. Okay, and you don't want sour grapes anymore because you don't want to produce a Bordeaux or a sour wine. You want to produce more of a sweet wine. You don't go in and you don't pull up all the roots and stuff and start all over again. What you do is, is you take the stalk that comes up out of the ground and you cut it off about three or four inches below where your wire is for you to run your grapevine. And then you come in and you will scrape off the outer bark and you will get to the cambrium, which is that layer that is right below the outer bark but not quite into the wood yet. And you would split that, so you would cut a little split up it and then you would cut to the side of it and then you would slide a bud off of the vine that you would want to produce. You would slide it up in that V part and then you would wrap tape around it and protect it. And in about three weeks, you will have a five to six inch vine growing off of that shoot or off of that stump. Now, it's amazing that the vine will not produce what that original stump produced. Now, do you understand this? So if it's grew and it's the first fruit that it produced was a Bordeaux, which would be a sour grape, that is not what it's going to produce whenever you graft these, uh, you know, these buds into it. It will produce whatever is grafted into it. Interesting, right? So if you have sour grapes, cut that down and plant and, and bud some, uh, you know, some sweet grapes in there, and that's what you're going to do. If you have an apple tree, what you're going to do is, is you're going to cut off the branch. You're going to cut it off square. Two types that you're going to do with this. You're going to take the cut off end and you're going to split it right down the middle. You're going to take the vine or you're going to take the branch that you're going to want to graft into that. You're going to take that branch and you're going to cut a V, an equal size V on both sides. And then you're going to stick it down into that part that you cut, and then you're going to wrap around it. Now, there again, I want you to grab a hold of this because the branch that you're grafting into it is going to produce a different apple than the tree produces. It's going to produce whatever apple that branch produces. But wait a minute. God's the true, you know, Jesus is the true vine, and he tells us that if we are grafted into him, we will produce grapes. We will produce fruit. What are we going to produce? Are we going to produce what you and I have? Absolutely not, because our heart is corrupted. So if we are grafted into the vine, and we do like this world is, we would do nothing but produce evil and wickedness within God's branch or within his vine. That is absolutely not what's going to happen. And how do we understand this? How do we get to this? Let me go there. I'm getting too excited for you. I'm supposed to be calm today. It says in verse 5, well, no, let's go back up to verse, let's go to verse 4. In verse 4, he says, remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is not severed. No, no. Man, what, what translation did I get there? Let's go over here then. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is, if it is severed. Not, it, not if it is severed. From the vine, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Okay, so the scripture is telling us that, number one, that we have to remain in Jesus Christ. And if we remain in Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ remains in us. 
If we, play, if we make our home in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ will then make his home in me. And I cannot produce fruit if I am going to be away from Christ. If I am going to sever myself away from Christ, there is no way that I can produce fruit. I must produce fruit, and I can only produce fruit by remaining in Jesus Christ. All right? So whenever you were grafted, so let's say that, we're gra- that you were grafted onto that apple tree. The first thing that's going to happen is, is that the original apple tree, that branch that you were grafted into, it is going to grow around you. Okay? The branch does not, that's grafted into the tree, the branch does not grow around the branch that it's grafted into. There will be a knot, and that knot comes from the tree, not from the branch. The tree then encases or encovers that branch and holds it into place. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, He is holding you together to that branch or to that tree. You're not holding to Him. But what keeps us from producing fruit is, is that whenever that branch comes around and encases us and holds us together, we stand there and we sit there and we're like, oh yeah, God's here for me. Right? He's holding on to me so that I can do the things that he wants me to do. So what we do is, is then we begin to say, let me back up. Because there, there are some people that do hear from God. So I don't want you to think that what I'm about to say, that I'm saying that nobody hears anything from God. But there's a lot of people that do a lot of things that has absolutely nothing to do with God. But they say, God told me to do this. God didn't tell them to do it. We're sitting there connected to the tree or to the vine And we're telling God, this is what I want to do. And whenever we do that, we are encased in there, but we are absolutely refusing to allow the power of God to flow through us to produce the fruit. Now, does that mean that we're not going to produce fruit? According to the passage of Scripture, it does. If we hinder or block off the flow of Jesus Christ in our lives, we cannot and will not produce fruit. Huh. What about all these? What about Joel Osteen? Is he producing fruit? He's kind of preaching the gospel, but he's not giving the whole gospel. So is he producing fruit? There's people coming to the altar and being saved. Is he producing fruit? He's producing the nasty tasting fruit. He's producing the fruit that if they aren't, well, if if they don't get in touch with someone to help them, they're going to fall away. I can can see that, that, that we don't understand quite yet, quite right. That would almost be like me saying I'm a carpenter and I produced fruit yesterday. You're like, wait a minute, Pastor, how did you produce fruit yesterday? Now, come on with the analogy now. I was a carpenter. Yesterday, I wheeled a hammer. I had a, no, I didn't, I didn't have the tape measure. They didn't allow me to have the tape measure. I had a pencil a couple of times. They didn't let me have the saw. I had to drill. I carried a lot of wood. I brought in some concrete. 
and lo and behold, there's a ramp that is sturdy enough for Terry and Daryl to walk up and down. Don't get too many more people on there, but Terry and Daryl can walk up and down it. So I produced, with the help of others, a ramp. But it is, is it a good ramp? Time will tell. Could it have been better? Yes. If a master carpenter would have built it. But see, I'm not the master carpenter. The same way as I'm not the master vine. Now, we still have this problem because the branch that we graft in is going to produce whatever fruit it was producing before. Oh, here, come on with me. Okay? Because, see, this shows us the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because it's not me that produces fruit. It's Him producing fruit through me. So in other words, the power that's in this vine that we are now grafted to is stronger than anything that I could ever be and it takes over my being and it begins to produce the fruit that it wants to produce and not the fruit that I want to produce. But I do hinder it. I hinder it by not listening I hinder it by assuming and by taking this stance that God's in this John box and he's just taking care of John. Whenever God becomes just simply singular and I force him to do what I think he needs to do, then he's no longer God of my vine. I am. And that's where it says that we begin to not produce fruit. And that's when the scripture says that the gardener is going to come and, and cut it off. See, Jesus is not just a vine. He's the true vine. And in him being the true vine, what happens is, is that he takes all of the power and all of the responsibility off of me to produce anything. Because let's think about it. The scripture says that you will produce fruit. Maybe I need to go on a little bit further in there. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Uh, you get this? Much fruit. Not just fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me uh, is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted to you. You, when you produce much fruit, you get this again, when you will produce or when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. And then it says, this brings great glory to my Father. Because of the power of Jesus Christ, I do not, I no longer produce the fruit that John Sadler would desire to produce. I produce the fruit that Jesus Christ produces. And the only way that I do that is if I remain in Him. And I continually allow Him to flow in and out of me. The only way that happens is by remaining in Him and by obeying His command. By doing what He is asking us to do. And if we do that, then it says you will produce much fruit. So all obligations is off of John Sadler. 
Whenever I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I was grafted into that vine, it's no longer my works that produces anything. It's Jesus Christ flowing through me that produces everything. It's not me. It's Him. So I am who I am today because of Him. If you don't like who I am today, blame Him. Don't blame me. Right? We, we are supposed to live in that manner that everything that we do and everything that we say comes from the juices that's flowing from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to hurry up here. Because whenever we produce the fruit, it says that then you are my true disciple. Okay, so real quick, I'm going to answer the question, what is the fruit that we're producing? The fruit that we're producing is not, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's not peace, patience, uh, you know, kindness. That is not the fruit that this, is, that this passage of Scripture is talking about. Because Jesus Christ is flowing through us, so this is His fruit. And what is the fruit that Jesus Christ produces? Jesus Christ produces salvation. Woo! So whenever we do this, whenever we live the way that He wants us to live, we will produce salvation to Jesus Christ. Because it's His fruit that's being produced, not mine. Hallelujah. And it says, and it, after that it then says, this brings great glory to my Father. That's how we know that the fruit is salvation. Because through salvation, God himself is glorified. Oh my goodness. But we have to remain in him. We must remain in Him. And not only remain in Him, we must allow His blood, His, His life to flow through us so that we produce the fruit. Wait a minute, wait a minute. let me rephrase that. So that He produces the fruit that He needs. But it's all for the glory of our Father. It's all for Him. It's not for us. So this morning, I want to encourage you. If you remain in Jesus Christ, who you are is not your fault. It's His. But we have to remain in Him. We have to allow Him to develop in us and through us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day and we thank You for this time. God, I pray, dear Lord, that You would speak to each one here today through this message. God, I pray, dear Lord, that You would remain in each one of us here as we remain in you. In Jesus' name, amen.